Hello and welcome to the Single and Not Settling podcast. I'm Vanessa and your new wingwoman. I'm here to share my experiences and talk about all things dating and how to live a fulfilling life as a 30-something single woman. Dating can be disappointing and frustrating. You can be happy one minute and sad the next. You are not alone. I want to inspire you to find the love you are searching for that's already inside of you and remind you never to settle for anything less than what you deserve. Hello and welcome back to the Single and Not Settling podcast. I'm Vanessa and I'm glad you're joining me today. On today's episode, this will be part two of dating apps. So on the previous episodes, I spoke about my experiences on dating apps, the challenges that we're facing, and I also put a challenge out to you guys uh, of something that you can do to encourage contact in real life. Um, And it's something that I had done today, actually. So I will bring you that later on in the episode. But there was just so much that I wanted to share that I needed to do a part two. And I feel that this will be another episode down the track um, that I feel with conversations with other people to find out their insights and how they go about navigating dating apps at the moment. Um, Because a lot of us are struggling with it at the moment. A lot of us are on breaks. We don't want to go on dating apps for various reasons. And I feel there's just more horror stories out there than good stories. So speaking of stories, I'm reading a book and it's called Love Stories by Trent Dalton. Uh, So Trent Dalton is a best-selling author of Boy Swallows Universe. You may have heard um, his book and he spent two months of 2021 speaking to people from all walks of life. And he asked them one simple question. Can you please tell me a love story? And now he was sitting on a street corner in Brisbane in Queensland during this time with a typewriter and people would sit on his chair and share a love story. And the stories in this book had me crying. And if you know me well enough, I don't cry. This book, I was crying. It's so heartwarming. It is so touching, but it's also a reminder that there is love out there and it doesn't necessarily mean romantic love between a husband and a wife it is love within yourself love in anything that's around you and that is the most powerful message I think from this book and it's a really good reminder to us particularly when we're on our dating journey that love doesn't need to be from a relationship Love is around you. Now I feel like I'm singing the song, but um, it's really powerful book. So if you do get the opportunity to read it, I would highly recommend it. A chapter I loved in this book is called It Follows. And it tells a story of when a man meets his future wife for the first time and a certain cloud of love that was around her. And one of the lines in the book is, if you have a lot of love in your life, if you put a lot of love into the world, then love follows you around. It follows. And how he describes it is like an invisible cloud that floats above us all. And that's what we tend to follow. It's the energy of kindness, of compassion, of caring, 
And that's what we're drawn to. And it just made me think about, you know, ways that we can live differently day to day if we just stopped and lived our life with that energy, you know, of love and what that will attract to us. You know, so for example, you know, in this chapter, he had felt that love and that energy from her. So he followed her up the stairs and started a conversation with her and now they're married. So it just really got me thinking about the cloud that we have around us, the energy that we have around us and what we attract with that energy. So if we're walking around saying dating is shit, dating apps are hard, I'm not going to find anyone, all men are shit, whatever narrative you say to yourself while you're dating, especially on a dating app, it's what you're putting out there. It's the energy you're putting out there. But if you change that narrative, if you got excited about meeting your person and created that cloud around you, and in that cloud is that feeling of love. And that's how you walk around every day with a feeling of love for people you come in contact with, for different objects, for nature, for the sun, for the rain, for the moon, all of those things. Like if we come from a place of love, I feel that we will attract that in return. So I would highly recommend this book. So if you do get a chance to read it, let me know your thoughts. For me, it restored my faith in love restored my faith in humanity and it made me smile although it made me cry as well it made me smile because they're they're not stories that you hear every day and I think in the times that we've just come out of and the times that we're going through at the moment I feel we need those stories so definitely recommend it and if you do read it let me know what you think Okay, so let's continue talking about dating apps. So one of the things that I started talking about on part one of the episode was about scams that are online at the moment through dating apps. And it's people who are prying on vulnerable people trying to find love. And whether they're asking for money, whether they're being catfished, we've all seen the TV show, it exists out there. And it got me thinking about safety when dating and the precautions that we need to take and be mindful of when we're meeting someone for the first time. Now, through COVID, it was kind of a blessing in disguise in a way because a lot of more people were making phone calls and talking. A lot of people were organizing a Zoom date as their first date. So we could actually see who we were talking to. But now going back into the in real life scenarios, we have to be mindful of who we're meeting and, you know, being safe when we're dating and telling people who we're going to see, where we're going to be. You know, and something that I do before I go on a date is I will message a friend and let them know where I'm going and who I'm going with. And also when I've come back home safely, I will also tell them that I'm home. And I feel this is so important to do because you do hear, you know, some stories about women being followed back to their car or, you know, men trying to get them to their apartment, you know, and first dates and even second and third 
for those dates to be out in public and not in someone's home is also so important to look out for your safety. You know, during COVID, you know, when we were going for dates, when we were allowed, it was a walk in a park or it was picking up a takeaway coffee and going for a walk. And I liked that because it was in a public space. I think inviting someone over to your home for a first date or going over to a guy's home on a first date isn't safe. It may also, you know, tell you that this guy is only after sex because he's telling you to come over to his house for a first date. You know, does he not want to take you out for a coffee or a drink or dinner? You know, you kind of have to wonder what the intentions are there. Another thing that I've spoken to someone about is drinking on first dates. And by drink, I mean alcoholic. And this person I was talking to said that they don't drink on a first date because it affects their judgment. Um, And I kind of understand what they were talking about. Judgment in terms of one, the person that you're sitting in front of, you know, are your perceptions of them different if you've had a couple of drinks? Um, What you would be saying yes to, um, oh, do you want to, you know, come down, you know, walk down the street with me? Oh, yeah, yeah, sure, no worries. And it's late at night and your judgment is affected because of it. And it's something that I feel as women, we need to be mindful of. Because like I said, this is the first time that we're meeting someone and we don't know this person. This person is a complete stranger and trust takes a while to build. Trust isn't there straight away. Trust has to be earned. So I feel us being safe and maybe not having that drink on our date can help us be safe when dating. And this is also a great time when you're getting to know someone on a dating app, when you're texting back and forth or, you know, you've progressed to having a conversation over the phone to set some boundaries and see um, how the other person responds to you setting those boundaries. Because if you're not comfortable with um, meeting at a bar or having a drink or going to his house on a first date and you express that and you offer another suggestion of, hey, you know, look, I re- thank you for your for the suggestion, um, but I'd actually prefer to meet at a at a cafe. I hope that's okay, or I hope you understand. And then from the response you get from the guy, you'll be able to know if it's a red flag. So a red flag for me would be if he comes back and says, "Oh, why? Like, what's the big deal? Like, nothing's going to happen," or you know, "Why don't you drink? What you don't trust me?" Like, those things will obviously say to you it's a red flag like the intentions there aren't the same and I would be very very hesitant to go on this date I would probably say thank you for your time all the best and goodbye because it's not making me feel comfortable you know I've expressed a boundary and they pretty much shat on it really and is that what you want and that will set the tone for the months the years, whatever to come, that this person isn't going to respect your boundary and you're going to be doing what you're not comfortable with to impress someone. Um, And that would be a red flag. But if he would come back and say, yep, sure, that's not a problem. We can go to a cafe. There's one here which makes good coffee and great. It's close to the, the beach. We can go for a walk after. You know, something like that. Like that's what you would be looking for. Well, I would be anyway. Um, 
anything else, you know, that attacks the boundary or makes fun of it would be a red flag. And I wouldn't be proceeding with the date at all. At this point, another boundary um, that you can um, put in place at this stage of dating is also when a guy would say, um, I'm happy to pick you up. What's your address? And don't forget, we're trying to be safe when we're dating, especially in the early stages, because we're getting to know this person. We, we don't actually know them besides their profile, a few prompts, some few photos. Um, you don't actually know them. Um, so, you know, when they do say, I'm happy to come and pick you up, what's your address on the first date? I would be very wary of that. And I would, again, be saying thank you for the offer, but I'm happy to make my own way there. I'll meet you there at 7 p.m. See you then. You know, it's just setting those boundaries. And, you know, again, what does the guy respond with that? If they respond that that's fine, they'll meet you there. Great. If it's like, well, no, let me know. I can pick you up. It's not a hassle. And they keep persisting. You know, for me, that's like a little bit of a pink flag we're talking about here now. It's like, well, why do they want to know where I live? We've only just started chatting on a dating app. Like, why do they want to know where I live? Yes, it's great. They want to pick me up. Do guys still do that on a side note? Do guys still pick up girls on a date? Anyway, side note, got distracted. Um, but yeah, it's it's setting the boundary and how they respond to that boundary will set the tone for, you know, what happens in the next weeks or months to come if it gets that far. So for me, I think it's usually around the, the third or the fourth date that I'm happy for the guy to come and pick me up. A question that I get asked was, how long do I wait to meet someone that I've matched with on a dating app? And this can vary from person to person and everyone will have their own personal preferences and that's totally okay. For me, it's all about safety and to getting to know someone because like I said, you've just matched on a dating app. You've only started chatting. You don't know this person from anything. Um, I love how COVID you know, encouraged people to do a FaceTime, to do a Zoom call, to contact each other and do a voice call, whether through the app or exchange numbers over the, you know, and talk over the phone because it just gave you more of an opportunity to communicate with the person before you met with them and just to see if you feel comfortable with them. Um, but for me, I think it's been uh, probably a couple of weeks before I was okay and comfortable to meet someone. And, you know, I've asked my guy friends about this to get their perspective of it. And they prefer to meet someone as soon as possible. So when they match with a girl on, on an app, they want to meet with them as soon as they can, just so they know if it's a yes or a no. They don't want to waste anyone's time, meaning they don't want to waste their time if they're not the right person. Um, I think that's a little bit of an excuse there. But um, look, Everyone's different, like I said, um, but I think for, for women, I think we need to be more safe when we're dating um, because yeah, we don't know who we are talking to. And look, I think if we can progress to a phone call within the second week and communication is consistent, I'm enjoying talking to them, you know, they're responding and asking questions of me as well and wanting to get to know me. Um, it's different than a guy who is, you know, just responding to your questions and not asking anything about you. 
you're not going to feel comfortable to want to meet with them because what effort are they putting in? You know, I look for effort. I look for consistency. You know, are they wanting to get to know me? You know, are they interested in what I'm interested in? You know, are they suggesting a date where we do something that I'm interested in so they get to know me? And it makes me feel more comfortable. A point to add to that is also about setting the boundary. So if a guy does want to meet up with you in the first couple of days, you you set the boundary that you'd like to take it slower. You'd like to get to know them more before you do meet up. And again, you can see by their reaction, you know, if they respect the boundary, like we want to be dating as empowered women and, you know, empowered women wouldn't accept a date the same day or the next day because they're busy. You know, we have things to do. You know, we're not waiting around for a date. We're not waiting around for a phone call or a text message from a guy asking us when we're going to go out. That That's not how we want to date. You know, we're confident, you know, we're confident to set the boundaries and to see how they're perceived. And from there, that's how we decide if we want to move forward. We, we don't accept the low effort. We don't accept the breadcrumbs. We, we don't want to accept, you know, a message here and there where it's just a one-liner message. You know, it, it's not what we want and we're not settling for any of that. I think one of the most daunting things about dating apps is creating your dating profile. And I always feel a little bit cringe when I create my dating profile, especially when I've had a break and it's been a while since I've jumped back on. I want to put new photos up, you know, whether it's been, you know, six months or whatever, you know, like people do change in appearance and, you know, you want to have those different photos. But I always feel this sense of cringe around dating, like putting a profile together And, you know, it's like, what do I write? And then you think, okay, what are my interests? What do I want to portray? Is it too long what I'm writing? Is it too short? You know, does it, you know, show the other person who I am? And it's really hard to create that in a bio where, you know, you have like 120 characters or whatever it is. Um, You know, and, you know, you do find, you know, people put like their Instagram handles on there and their Snapchat on there. Um, and it's something that I don't do again, because, you know, you want to be safe when, when you are dating and, and on a dating app, you don't want any random person, you know, following you. If you've got your account to private or any rando sending you Snapchats and we all know what that will be. Um, you know, it's, it's a red flag when a guy's like, what's your Snapchat? Do you have WhatsApp in the first two messages? I'm like, well, no, I don't because me opening an app is the same as opening up any other app. So if I'm opening up Tinder, I can also open up WhatsApp and so can you. So I don't understand. So it's it's a sign that they want to send you like dirty dick pics and who really wants to see that? Anyway, we digress. So what I can clearly notice on a guy's dating profile is a timeline of the last five to 10 years of his life. Now, bear with me here. So if you look on a guy's dating profile, you can see the quality of the photos that are progressively good and then they get bad. And so some you see, oh, you know, he's got some blonde tips in his hair. And then in the other one that you see, oh, he's got gray hair. So obviously they're taken at different years of their lives. You know, you can see one, they look younger in their face and the other one, they look, they have a bit more wrinkles and it, it drives me crazy 
Because one, it's like, do you, do they not think that women can actually see this attention to detail? Like these are the things that we look for. You know, you're putting a photo on your dating profile, but you're showing me what you look like 10 years ago. I'm like, look, save that for when I meet your mum and she shows me the photo album. That's when I'll see what you look like 10 years ago. But I want to see what you look like now. Like I want to see a true representation of what you look like now. Because there's been many stories that I've been told and that I've read other podcasts that I've listened to of funny dating stories where you go and meet someone expecting, you know, person A and you're meeting person D. You know, you've skipped, you know, B, C and you've gone to D. And you just think, why? Like we, we all know that we're, we're at a certain age, you know, especially when you're dating in your 30s, you know, your 40s. We understand that you're not going to look 20 and that's OK. I'm not looking for a 20 year old. I understand that you might have a bit of gray hair and a wrinkle like it's totally OK. But when it's lied about on their profile um, and that's even before you've matched or then you met, it's greater disappointment. I had this happen to me once and you know, I, I should have seen it. And now I know there's a mental note to look at the photos. So this guy that I had matched with on his profile, you know, for me, like, yep, he looked attractive. Let's have a conversation. We started a conversation. All was going well. We had some phone calls. We met um, and it was just nice and easy. But when I was walking up to the bar to meet him, I was like, is that him? And, you know, his body shape was bit different than what it was in his photos and when I got home I looked at his photos and I'm like what was going on here and so all the photos that he had were ones that were from pretty much his shoulders up and you know I mentioned it to a friend and you know she says well they were all from like his shoulders up so he, he didn't want anyone to see his body shape and I'm just like oh I'm like okay like I get it, right? But once I had kind of found the deception to it, I was a little bit turned off. It just, I don't like the deception. I don't like the lie. You are who you are, you know, and men can say that about women, how they put, you know, the filters on, they do the whole rabbit ears that were on Snapchat. I don't know if that still happens. I'm obviously looking for a male, not a female. So I'm not looking at female dating profiles, but we, we don't walk around with rabbit ears. We don't walk around with like big lips. You know, we, we don't walk around looking like a filter. And I think the biggest thing about dating profiles and photos that we put on there is that they need to be a true representation of us, what we're interested, where we like to go. And that I mean, like we like to go hiking and there's a photo of us hiking with great landscape behind us, or we like to have a drink. So we have cocktails or a glass of wine in our hands, or, you know, we have a dog and this is my dog, you know, so things like that for us to get to know each other through photos, like what you like to do. Another pet hate is photos that I see of men and each photo, they have their sunglasses on or a hat. Now, I don't know about you, but I feel a lot of people are way more attractive with sunglasses and a hat on. I don't know. That's just my opinion, but that's what I've noticed on dating apps. So the first three photos 
they look all right, look pretty cool, you know, whatever. And then the last one, you know, it's when it's them and it's like, not really my type. Would I look twice at you at a bar? Probably not. I don't know. But you've made me interested to scroll to the last photo. Is that a bit of a deception? I don't know. Again, that's just my personal opinion. You know, say what you will. It's okay. Whatever. Um, But yeah, the the photos on dating apps, you know, you've got to show a varied um, combination of these photos. Otherwise, no one is going to get a true representation of who you actually are. In the previous episode, I set out a challenge and the challenge was to look up. So to put down your phone, not to be distracted when you're out waiting for something, someone, a coffee, a bus or a train, and just to look up and just make eye contact with someone and see what happens. Um, I hope you all had a chance to do that. And um, I actually did it. And so I'll tell you my story, what happened to me. So I had ordered my coffee as I usually do, and it was habit that I got my phone out of my pocket and I started scrolling and I'm like, no, you have to put your phone away and look up, just look around, look up, right? So my phone went back into my pocket and I looked up and it was a bit daunting at first. Like I felt awkward because I didn't know what to do with my hands. Like, do I put my hand in my pocket? Do I cross my, my arms? Again, like body language, am I crossing my arms? Am I closing myself off to, you know, people approaching me or even saying hello? Like, okay. So it's kind of like, I don't even know what I was doing with my hands, some random weirdo thing probably. And I'm like, okay, just look around, observe, you know, who is around you, what's around you, what's going on. And um, I've got my coffee and I'm like, you know what? Not ready to go back into the office just yet. I was working this day. So I set out on like a little bench that's at front of the the cafe, as you do. And again, I'm like, okay, this is a little bit weird. I'm not used to doing this. Like, you know, it's funny how we we have our phone as our comfort blanket, you know, like when we're not sure what to do, oh, we'll just grab our phone out and pretend to look busy and to scroll through social media, see what everyone else is doing and not actually looking at the world that's going on right in front of you and around you. Um, So I was sitting there sipping my coffee and just looking around at people and a couple of minutes through I got comfortable with it like just observing you know certain people that's around and you know I'm I'm the one that will sit like in the food court or a cafe just observing people like I love sitting with friends or on a date and you know saying what's the story between these two like I think if if a date can have that you know banter with me about what's a story and create like a really good story and a good punchline. I'm like, yeah, he's pretty cool. Like we're on the same level. Um, so yeah, sitting on this park bench and some people who had walked past me were looking at me and I looked back at them and I smiled and that was all. There was no, hi, how are you? It was just a smile and an acknowledgement and they smiled in return and continued walking. And I did that probably for about three or four people from memory, I think. But even though it didn't start a conversation, it created the beginning of a new habit, you know, to, to go get through the uncomfortable, awkward stages where you don't have your comfort blanket of the phone and you're just looking up and seeing the world around you. 
And it doesn't necessarily have to be with people. You know, it's being mindful about what you can hear, like the traffic, the birds, a a train, like someone else's conversation if you're that weirdo. You know, sometimes I like to eavesdrop and see what people are talking about. Um, But it's just to be more mindful and not having to always rely on your phone. And it just felt good to be able to smile at people. And, you know, hopefully, you know, you made their day or you made them think, oh, that was nice and continued walking. Or that was different because how many people smile at each other when you're just on the street? You know, yes, when you're walking on a walking track or on a path or whatever, you you know say hello, good morning, how are you? And you continue walking. But when you're sitting there drinking a coffee, um, you know, it doesn't really happen. So I did it again, again after that. And yeah, it, it's more of a habit now than, than it was. And it just something that I, I liked to do. It was made me more in the moment, being more present and more mindful. And like I said, it wasn't just about the people. It was about what was going on around you, you know, like, and I think we kind of tend to forget, we get lost in, in our phone, in the media, news, what's going on. And it's just to stop and just take a moment to look at what is actually in front of you, you know, and to be mindful. Um, and that grounded me a little bit then to then go back in the office and continue my working day. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to share that little story with you and yeah, hope you find something from from that and hopefully it encourages you to do that as well that is all for the episode today thank you so much for joining me if anything resonated with you i would love to hear from you feel free to get in touch Um, if you are listening to this please share on your instagram story and don't forget to tag vanessa marie underscore wingwoman i wish you an amazing day Thank you for listening to this episode. If you would like to read more about my dating journey, I'm on Instagram at Vanessa Marie, Marie spelled M-A-R-E-E underscore Winwoman. Please leave a comment and share this episode with someone who may need some inspiration while dating or on how to live a fulfilling single life or with someone who may need a laugh. A link to my Instagram page will be in the show notes below. Until next time, I'm Vanessa, your Winwoman. Woman.